welcome to Career Chats. This is our first video-ish plus recording. It's just me on my own today because Randall uh, had a fire that she has, to, she has to go put up. But we, in, in place of her, we have Forrest Bazile. He is a cloud architect, a writer and speaker and cartoonist and also amazing pianist, as well as AWS service, serverless hero. I think I first came across you when I just started diving into like the, the whole serverless space. And I think you were on a few podcasts and you're, you're generally a very visible person. I think you, you, you gave a couple of really good talks at um, serverless conf in New York. I think, were, were you the one that was like, um, infrastructure as code should remain as JSON? Is, is that you? <laughs> or... that, that, that sounds like a Ben Kehoe thing, although I've certainly beat that drum a few times. <laughs> kind of given up on it now, but there was a time when I felt strongly about that. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I've been swayed by the CDK. I've been, I've been, I've been bitten by that. Anyway, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not here to talk too much about cloud stuff because uh, the, the, the main thing that I got super inspired by you about was uh, your work on the cloud resume challenge. Is there anything about that intro that you that typically people miss out? Like, how, how else would you introduce yourself? That's a great question. I, I've been in the cloud space for a long time. I've done a little bit of everything uh, that you can do in tech, from working on a help desk, you know, answering the phones, to laying cable, to uh, I've been a DBA, I've been a front-end and back-end uh, web developer. I have worked as a cloud architect. I've been a manager of teams and a consultant to companies of all sizes in, in cloud-related things. And I work now at A Cloud Guru, which is, of course, a, a education platform, a vendor-neutral cloud education platform. We've got more than 2 million students who have used us to learn about the cloud and other sort of cloud-adjacent modern technologies. And I spend a lot of my time there now kind of trying to help tell the story of the cloud and help people understand how the cloud can change their lives and their careers, both people and, of course, businesses as well. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at career-wise right now. But to get to your question about the Cloud Resume Challenge specifically, this was something that I had thrown out there kind of on a whim back in April in the dark early days of the pandemic, you know, where we weren't really sure what was going to happen, how this was going to change the world, how it was going to change industries. Of course, we're still not sure, but it really felt unsure then. Um, and thinking about, hey, we're going to have this whole surge of people who are all of a sudden going to be thinking, I'd like to be doing something different with my career. Or I may not have an option, right? My job in hospitality or in a service industry may not be there anymore. And uh, it's now, you know, my family's telling me, hey, you should look into IT, but I just don't know where to start, right? I mean, it's one thing if you have some background in that, if you have some education, some experience, you know people, but that's not accessible to a lot of people. You know, you don't necessarily have that mentor you can go talk to and say, where do I, where do I begin my career? And I think, Sean, this was uh, the case for you, right? Because you came, you, you were a career changer. You came to tech out of a totally different background. I went through Free Code Camp, but th there was just not that many paths. And so that's why I was very excited to see you launch something like this. Uh, it, and the timing was exactly right. Like <laughs> a bunch of people were out of, out of a job. Like what was it like a quarter of America was out of a job? I was crazy for a while. Yeah. And, and still is, I mean, the, the unemployment's a lot higher than, you know, you'd ever want it to be. But initially the, the idea was there's so many people out there we know that are motivated and, and that, you know, want to succeed and they just need a little bit of a nudge in the right direction. Uh, someone who can sort of say, this is the path to follow, you know, don't waste time on these irrelevant things. Go, go look at these services. Curation and, and, of a curriculum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some curation. So that's, that's what the challenge was. And, and it was essentially a promise saying, if you can uh, send me your resume, I will do whatever I can with whatever network I have to get that in front of hiring managers and others in the industry. And there were just a few 
caveats to it. Uh, you know, in order for that resume to be shareable, it had to have an AWS or another cloud certification of some kind on it. And the resume had to be created as a HTML and CSS website and deployed to an S3 bucket. And, you know, you had to have a little bit of CICD behind the scenes and there was a little API you had to integrate. Some source control was involved. And before you knew it, you had actually gotten hands-on with a lot of the key sort of DevOps and cloud skills that you would need in order to succeed in kind of an entry-level backend cloud role. So that was the sneaky part of it. And I, I put it out there thinking if I could help one person with this, that would be great. You know, I uh, didn't expect a lot of uptake. And in fact, I had some people in the industry tell me, oh, this is too hard. This is too challenging. No one's going to be able to do this without a lot of existing IT background. And it turned out, of course, that uh, that was not the case. It, it was, in fact, the case that a whole lot of people were just looking for that little nudge, that little spark to get going. And we had dozens and dozens of people complete it from, I think, every content other than Antarctica. Um, and it continues to... <laughs> at some point, I had to like stop doing the official code review because I was getting completely overwhelmed. I, I was looking at hundreds, literally hundreds of GitHub repositories, and I was seeing Python and, and YAML in front of my eyes when I went to sleep at night. So we had to kind of pause that portion, but the challenge is still out there. You can find it at cloud resumechallenge.dev. It's freely available for anyone to do. We've got a, a Discord community link there as well that I think is pushing a thousand members now. And that's just sort of, you know, happened on, on the side. I haven't really been actively promoting it. It's just people finding it because this continues to be uh, something that, that seems to help. What I have done to make sure that it continues in some form is we've moved the challenge format. This idea of a spec-based project that doesn't tell you exactly how to accomplish it, right? Because all the learning comes from you, you know, not following someone's list of steps, but Googling and going down rabbit holes and getting frustrated and stuck. That's how real projects work. And that's how yeah. the, the cloud resume challenge works. So we've taken that challenge format. We've moved it over to a cloud guru and we're doing a monthly challenge now. And I, I continue to post information about that in that discord channel. So we pull in a rotation of instructors from ACG. So we hit a much broader range of technologies than I'm personally familiar with. So definitely check that out if you can. But again, it remains free for everyone to participate in and always will be. You basically invented your own certification, kind of like the Forest Brazil certification. <laughs> Forest Brazil certification. <laughs> but I mean, there are others, right? There's the AWS certification. And, and obviously, you could, you could, you could go right. through a cloud guru and, and complete a bunch of courses as well. I think you have certifications. I think there's like a completion cert or something like that. Uh, yeah, right. You'll get a, a sort of attestation of completion at the end of an AC course. Yeah. I, I've already seen some people get jobs based on that. But just like, you know, do you have like a favorite story of, some, of someone who, who like just went through the thing and like picked up what you put down and, and actually just blew away your expectations? I do. So I, and at one point I had on the website, this hall of fame of people that had completed the challenge. And I, 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 I gave up updating it because there were just so many, I couldn't keep track of everyone. And not everyone was letting me know, you know, not everyone came back and told me they completed it. But I went back and looked at that initial Hall of Fame the other day, and I think every person on that list who was looking for a job as opposed to just um, you know doing it as a fun thing on the side, uh, every single person that was listed has, has found a job. Uh, and these are people that are changing careers from all sorts of fields, the people from banking, from HR, uh, from finance, in fact. And the, the, the story that I especially love is a gentleman named Daniel Singletary, who was a plumber, a commercial plumber in downtown Atlanta, uh, working 13-hour days, uh, you know, cleaning up the city's infrastructure. And um, he found the challenge. A friend uh, of his had, had shared it with him. One of these people I was saying that's like, you know, hey, you should get into IT. And uh, he, with zero 
IT or programming experience, sat down. It took him several weeks. This was a six or seven week project, but he learned Python and JavaScript and he learned CloudFormation and he learned uh, you know, how to build a website and get it out there. If you look at his website, I, I think it's like dsresume.com. I think it's still up. Um, and you look at the certifications he had listed for himself. It's like Amazon Web Services because he'd gone out and got AWS certifications. And then it's Backflow Prevention and Journeyman Plumber. Those are his professional credentials. <laughs> um, and so he, he wrote this. And the last step of the, the Cloud resume challenges, you have to write a blog about what you're doing. And there's a cynical reason for that, which is it helps me spread the word about it. But there's a, a very noble reason, which is, um, you know, part of growing in your career is learning how to write, right, and, and share uh, information about, about what you're doing. And uh, he put that out there. And I, I think it uh, ended up getting viewed like 160,000 times. It went viral on LinkedIn. Uh, and less than a month later, he started his career, not on help desk, but like as a full-fledged DevOps engineer at uh, Mitel, the, the telco. And he's, uh, he's working in that industry now, which was just a, an amazing, mind-blowing story. And that's all on him. There's nothing magic in the cloud resume challenge that made that happen. You know, that was inside of Daniel, but he just needed a little bit of curation to get started. And he took it and he ran with it. But that said, and I want to make this point very clear, as much amazing credit as goes to Daniel for doing that, I don't think it would have been possible without the existence of cloud services in the first place. When you think about the low barrier to entry that's there, right? To be able to pay as you go, you know, in his case, I think he was, the Cloud Resume Challenge is designed to be free in terms of the services you have to consume other than like buying a domain name. Um, so yeah, he was putting in his time and he was working late at night and he was working in the back of this truck all covered in mud and, and who knows what else. Um, but the he didn't have to go like build out as his own server rack, right? Or, or whatever. That that. Uh, technology was there to him, and it was it was abstracted enough with the high-level services, Lambda and, and uh, uh, API Gateway and things like that, where he was able to jump in and start building something of value really quickly that he could take into job interviews and show what he was doing. That's the power of cloud. That's why we can enable this next generation of developers. And, and that's what I'm really passionate about. I, I hope you can tell that because my voice is getting super high and crazy. And being a career changer myself, something the feature that I really like is that you can do it while on the job or I guess while you have a day job, mm. because a lot of people don't have the yeah. resources to just quit and, and, and focus on like a bootcamp for three months, you know? I think one thing that maybe might shift and, and now that you're more established, you know, is going to happen is basically, it's a very lonely journey going through this this whole thing. And there's mm. a lot of points at which you fall off. Like I struggled going through like free code camp by myself. And so if you have a, like a, a Discord, like you might have like cohorts that, that kind of people just going through together. Mm. I, I don't know if that, that even matters because people just finish so fast. But <laughs> Yeah, no, no. That's, I think that's a great point. And it's something we've seen with the Discord. It, it kind of migrates and changes over time. You know, the people that were really active in that space in, in June, are, they've gotten jobs now. They have other things they're thinking oh, yeah. about. But there seems to be a naturally refreshing cohort of people that comes in and are, are you know, they're helping each other because uh, they're all in it together, right? It's um, There's a natural camaraderie that develops. And um, I, I think it's amazing how online communities can foster that even you know, when we don't have the option of being physically close to people that share those same interests. What about on the employer side? So something I was a little bit curious about was you basically said, I'll open up my network to you, which is which is super generous. But then also just because you say you open up your network doesn't mean they'll take people like how was does it take some convincing to, to go like, hey, this person was like, you know, a plumber three months ago and now they're a cloud developer. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a really interesting question. And, and to be clear, not every person who got hired out of the cloud resume challenge got hired through my network. In fact, I'd say the majority didn't. They were just applying and, and uh, you know, maybe the cloud resume challenge gave them a great story to tell in an interview. You know, it so happens that employers do want to see experience, real world experience more than they just care about a side project you built. But if they're asking you to describe DNS or explain how DNS works and you have just recently had to bang your head against DNS for five mm -hmm. days on a project, you're going to do a lot better job of explaining 
explaining it than you would uh, if you had just read about it in a textbook somewhere. That's the real magic of those projects. It's not about, look what I built. It's, you know, the, the knowledge you acquire through blood, sweat, and tears. Um, so... Uh, to be clear, a lot of those people didn't find their jobs through my network, but I was spending a lot of time this summer. I, I, anytime I saw a job posting where someone was posting for entry-level cloud developers, I'd reach out like, hey, you know, would it be okay if I referred some people to you? Um, or I'd, I'd reach out to recruiters like, or people at consulting shops that, that tend to have a larger appetite for cloud-certified professionals and say, could I send you a list of people? I was doing this on almost a daily basis, and that's part of the reason it got a bit overwhelming and I had to scale back. But I, I think... There's two schools of thought right now. You you will find people that are hiring managers who are all about, you know, we have apprenticeship programs and mentoring here internally, and we recognize that there's a huge amount of value for us in growing our own gurus, if you will, rather than trying to find scarce, expensive talent that's just really uh, blue moon if you find that person. Um, and, and I think that's a successful and reasonable way to think. And, and you'll see those companies do well over time. It's actually what we try to promote and teach at A Cloud Guru as well, uh, skilling rather than, you know, trying to go out and uh, spearfish to find the exactly the people that have the skills that you already need. Um, but then you also do have people who are like, well, I just need someone senior, or I need someone who already has five years of experience in a technology that's 18 months old. And past a certain point, you can't, you can't convince that person. But I, I don't think that that's a competitive standpoint long term. And what we're trying to do now is to tell the story effectively of how these folks have come in and they've been successful and they've leveled up the business, even in their, their first role, because there's so much motivation, there's so much enthusiasm there. You're, these are people who know how to learn, right? Which is probably the most important skill you can take into a job. I mean, so, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I go through a boot camp and I learn uh, a very specific set of technologies, right? And, and um, you know, I, I get to a job and, and they're not using that set of technologies. Am I going to have the resilience to change that? Some some will, some won't, right? But making sure that, that folks understand how to power through past that point when it's not working and I, you know, I, I don't understand what this error message is telling me and I'm on the fifth page of Google. Where, where do you go from there, right? That's the test of a developer. Do you know who to, what question to ask? Um, do you know when to step away and take a shower or go for a walk and come back and take a fresh look at it? Those are skills that you build over time. They're more important than any specific technology you know, I think. And uh, we, we want to help hiring managers understand that, understand the value of people who understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually consulting for a, a startup right now that is in that mindset of we have to hire senior people. I think I think it's hard for for small startups because uh, they they do you do want to give your apprentices proper mentorship, so you need to be in some kind of stable default alive mode <laughs> before you you get to a point where like okay we can take on apprentices. But I I really think because it's such a big jump from like first you know no no experience to uh to to working full time on 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 a certain job. You actually, I always feel like there should be like a rotational thing where like people visit you know, five different companies in different fields and in, 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 a, in a domain and then pick what they want because you, you get typecast based on your first role and then your second job is like kind of related to your first job and, and you don't really pick a, a field to go into. You just kind of fall into it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 like a weird uh, thing, but I, I I'm very much in favor of more apprenticeships in, in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Huge congrats on this, and I I, I mean, I, it sounds like you you'll be continuing this as part of like your uh, of, of being an ACG, and it's it seems like it's it's like a it's like a really good feeder <laughs> program. Like, do, do, is there is there pressure to like I guess specialize this thing like you know the cloud resume challenge for specifically for serverless or for specifically for kubernetes or machine learning I, I... Uh, yeah in fact that is that is the plan uh, so with these monthly challenges that we're rolling out now each will have a different uh, focus so the the one that's ongoing right now which is being um led by Keisha Williams, who's one of our instructors at ACG. She's an AWS machine learning hero, and I think also an Alexa champion. Really remarkable uh, set of skills. She's got a machine learning focused challenge that's up right now. Uh, it's it's tough, 
<laughs> it's uh takes takes a different set of skills than the cloud resume challenge for sure but it's been neat to see the response to that um in early 2020 we'll have some that are are more back again on the back end side we'll have some that are on different cloud providers they won't all be aws uh and yeah so there will be a for sure a kubernetes one at, at some point here before too long and um hopefully you know it'll be a nice library of things where people can pick and choose what they're interested in kind of that sampling that you were talking about awesome okay so let's broaden out into just general career advice so let's let's say people did the challenge or however way they found to get into the industry you know i'm very focused on the junior to senior step transition and i think you are too so i i think one specific thing that i always want to bring up when people ask for general career advice or when they talk about giving general career advice or when they complain about getting general career advice is I always respect the perspective of someone who's giving advice from their own experience. I think that always has value. But I think we have to be careful about giving general career advice to people just because uh, none of us starts from the same place in our career. You know, and, and it's, it's sometimes there's not a meaningful difference between career advice and, and just plain old survivor bias. Um, look, you know, even if we all went through the same exact set of cloud resume challenge steps, you know, we're coming from different um, educational backgrounds, we're coming with different talents and proclivities, uh, all sorts of other things that affect our environment. And uh, so you can't just, you know, hand someone a, a set of, hey, I did this and it worked for me, followed the same set of steps and you're guaranteed to succeed. Anyone who tells you that without taking into account all those other factors, those mitigating, complicating factors, privileges and other things in their life uh, is grifting you. So be very, very cautious and aware of that, right? What does work? What does generalize is sharing your network, you know, taking taking the the privilege that you do have and the perspective you've gained and helping to connect other people uh, with roles and responsibilities that will work for them. And that really was the uh, the motivating factor behind the original cloud resume challenge was to, to take folks who, you know, who, who want to learn and are serious about it and, and just plugging them in and, and short circuiting that long process of uh, you know, finding people that they trust and, and can work with. One thing I think that a lot of people struggle with is uh, what I call resume roulette, where you send out a hundred or a thousand oh resumes uh, to yeah. old applying companies you've never met or heard of. And it's like, it, it's, there's so many ways to fail at doing that because, you know, number one, you're going to get a lot of disappointment and discouragement when your resume doesn't get read or gets form rejected. Um, and that's uh, just psychologically, it's hard and, and can turn you away, turn you off on the industry, disillusion you. But even if you do get hired because you don't know that company, you don't know the team, you're just sort of hoping that you end up somewhere where the people are they're nice and good to you, yeah. right? That you're working on a technology that's going to help your career rather than getting stuck on something dead end, right? On, on a project that's going nowhere. And, uh, you know, it, that's what you leave yourself open to. So people have this whole idea that networking is, I don't know, beneath them or it's an indignity and we shouldn't have to do this as part of our job search. Um, it, but I, I try to encourage people to think about networking as this is you evaluating the industry as much as it is the industry evaluating you. It's making connections with people you trust that you know are going to be good to work with that you, uh, you know, can trust to support you and, and be a good boss for you, right? Which we know is the number one way that people succeed or, or fail in their jobs is, is landing with someone who's going to help them sh uh, steward their career like a good boss will. Getting connected with folks you trust before you ever get that job is, is so, so key. And I, I'll say again what I said through the Cloud Resume Challenge and elsewhere, I'm always, you know, free to talk or, or help connect people. I, I want to be that connector. If you have a job and have some uh, connections in the industry and you're looking for a way to help people, just giving them your random general career advice probably isn't the most helpful thing you can do. Giving them the gift of your network and your referrals and uh, and that sort of thing is much, much more beneficial and impactful. So a lot of people brag about how many jobs they applied to before they before they got their job. And and part of it is like, okay, good. You, I applaud you for your persistence. But then also finance, you know, my, my previous career, we, we kind of call this spraying and praying. Like you just spray it everywhere and you just pray one of them hits. Yeah. And um, 
you probably would be happier with a more targeted approach because you you get to know the company that you're going to be working for. Like you're entering into like a long term mm-hmm. arrangement with them. Like <laughs> this is not something where you just kind of spray it all over. And 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 chances are you're going to be have a higher chance of getting the job if you focus more on on something that you that you do like. And yeah, that that warm introduction is really is really helpful. So I, I, I kind of agree with you on that. You know, to push back a little bit on this idea. You know, I, I get random DMs about like, hey, can you hook me up? And I don't know this person. I can't mm-hmm. vouch for them. Yeah. So part, part, part of that is obviously you give them a challenge like you did. And like anyone who finishes that, yeah, okay, like you, you actually want this and you, you've done the work. So I can, I can recommend you based on that. Well, how else do you judge a person? <laughs> right. Well, and it's, it's awkward too, right? Because you're, you're like, I mean, who am I to judge? Yeah. You know, I, and, and well, have I just made myself a, a gatekeeper of some sort here, right? It's, um, but I, I guess I would look at it as you want to have a, a, a personal reason to recommend someone. Um, I mean, we, we have internal referrals here at A-Cloud Guru like we do, most companies do. And uh, that's that's a cheat code for getting hired at places, right? Is getting referred internally by an Intense. employee. It, it often skips you to that line. Yeah. So, yeah. You don't take anything else away from this podcast. Um, before you apply cold, see if you know anyone at the company that, that could um, help escalate that, particularly a huge company like Amazon. But where I was going with that is to say on, on that referral form inside of ACG, there's, there's a spot where you have to put you know, how do you know this person? What makes you sure that they'd be a good fit at ACG? Um, and I, I would want to make sure I, I had a reason for saying that. So if you're if you're just spamming out cold DMs to people, it, you know, you're probably not going to get a great response, similar to cold resumes, right? It's a good idea to try and um, engage with the community a little bit, right? Uh, you know, if you, if you think you know what you might want to do, you think you want to get into, I don't know, DevOps, containers, whatever the case may be, I write a little bit, you know, is maybe uh, look, at, it's reInvent right now as we're recording this. And there's a whole bunch of features coming out. There's there's 10 amazing Kubernetes and containers features that just came out from AWS. You know, read the um, uh, the FAQs for that, form some questions in your mind. Um, I don't know, write a little blog post saying how much you're excited about this or, or you know, try it out, do, do like a hello world and, and publish it and share it uh, and, and tag the people who created oh, yeah. that feature. Yeah. Yeah, because people love to be celebrated and they really appreciate that someone's noticing all the hard work they put in. You do that a few times, people start to be aware of your name. They start to, you know, uh, they have some context for you. And, and then you can reach out to them and be like, uh, hey, um, you know, I, I saw there's this job posting open. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know this person. I mean, I, that sounds like really fluffy and weird, but it works. I kind of call this principle pick up what they put down you know it, it's kind of like a two-way street like you if you want people to pay attention to you you got to pay attention to what they're doing and then and you just kind of feed off that energy and every company i've worked at has a dedicated slack channel to to spotting you know what's what's going on in the twitterverse or hacker news you know and and even you'll be surprised like even at aws if you if you tweeted a single tweet about services and you got no followers we'll be discussing your tweet at the like at our weekly yeah. business review anyone who's making something that, that's what you're obsessed by. You're, you're obsessed by the, the feedback to, and, and, and not, not that many people give feedback. So if you already put yourself out there, you're already ahead of like the 99% of people who don't. You, you really will. I mean, you'll find yourself getting, service teams will reach out to you and be like, can we get on a call? Can, can you oh give us feedback God. on our upcoming road? You know, <laughs> you'll, you'll be fending them off. You'll be closing your DM. Uh, I, I just did that today, by the way, with uh, with uh, one one of our the people who give us gave us feedback. Like you, like you mentioned, like the only part of your cloud resume challenge that you that you spend money on is buying a custom domain. So I think I think you're probably one of uh, the the group of us, or maybe who who have this strong opinion 
that you should own your content? I don't know. Do, do you have any personal reflection on, on, on that? I, I do. Uh, I, I believe that you should, but I also believe that when you're getting started out, uh, network is the most important thing. Uh, visibility is the most important thing. So I would never criticize or steer someone away from putting their first blog post on dev.2 or practical dev or you know even medium or whatever the case may be. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, from like a, you know, content marketing and SEO standpoint and all those good things. It's, it's important to own your own domain. I do, right? I have a newsletter. That's important. I believe it's important to own your own email subscriber list. I do that. Um, but again, I, I have a few years of this under my belt. And um, early on, one of the ways I became an AWS hero was by posting on Medium and, and uh, you know, I had a whole series of interviews with other um, serverless people that uh, ended up going pretty viral and they wouldn't have been that successful if they were on my own uh, blog. They just wouldn't have. So there's a trade-off there. You're, you're giving up something when you give when you don't post on your own domain, but you can level up quicker if you take advantage of an existing network effect. Yeah, I, I kind of view it as, you know, how rockets when they take off, they take off vertically, and then after a certain part of the atmosphere, they pivot and then they they, they turn horizontal. Yeah. Uh, you, you start on other people's platform, but the but the, you is grow, slowly build your own as as you do it. Uh, I think you've you've really uh, done done a great job by that. How do how do you choose to specialize? Like you're obviously pretty far down like the the serverless route but um was there any ever ever any doubt in in your mind or did you did you have alternate career paths i you know at some point you were talking about uh you just kind of fall into something rather than making a conscious career choice and i mean i i serverless kind of happened to me it happened to all of us it didn't exist when i started my career um and you know here's lambda and and then api gateway and all of a sudden wow this is a new and and exciting way to build um i was working inside of a central cloud team at a large enterprise at the time and it it solved problems for us right so i i became passionate about it because i was using it and saw what it could do Uh, and then that's why i started writing and and speaking about it it kind of snowballed from there um you know you you don't want to let yourself be defined by a technology i don't think because you reach a point where you become a zealot more than a useful member of the community Uh, and it's good to to keep an open mind and understand uh you know when other things are are worth your time and attention when it's time to move on to something else something i really respect and this is tangential is when someone who's very well known for being involved with a particular community whether it's serverless or containers or whatever else is able to take a step back and say hey you know my interests and my career path have shifted a little bit i'm not the expert on this topic anymore i don't need to be monopolizing this space here are some other people that you should be listening to. And in fact, I don't like do a lot of serverless podcasts or anything anymore. If someone asks me, I'm more likely to say, here's some up and coming voices that, that you know would be better to listen to. And uh, it's just because I, I think my voice has been heard enough in, in a lot of those cases. I, uh, it's time time to have other people step in and, and have their moment. But I don't know. I, I don't think you can ever look 10 years down the road and say, this is the technology specifically that I want to be focused on. I just think you have to listen to the to the industry, listen to the community and, and uh, identify megatrends. Megatrends. That's something I, I, I care a lot about as well. I, I like wrote a whole chapter on this, but I'm still undecided as to whether or not it's so basically, you know, we have to decide between what's a fad and what's a what's a long term thing that we got to ride. I'm still not sure I, I have it. My definition right now is there's generational trends, which is like this is a thing that has gone on for 10 years. It'll probably gone on for another 10 years. Right. It's a basic Lindy yeah. effect. The other thing that you see much, much quicker is like super like hyper growth, like uh is it growing? Is it capturing percentage of population of total addressable market by multi, by like double digits every year? So for, for me, TypeScript was was that for, for JavaScript, like it, it like grow, grew by at least ten percent of the population every year. And you're like, okay, like this is a thing. Talk to me more about megatrends. Like what what do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, another example would be um, the the text editor war sort of culminating with VS Code. 
you know, there, there was a point where we had a new popular text editor every year or two years, right? With like Adam and Sublime and all these. And then all of a sudden we have VS Code. And I think for a while it felt like another, but you, you look at the totally different adoption curve of that tool compared to others. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is going to be around for 15, 20 years. I should start writing some plugins for it. <laughs> so, so you're on a VS Code train then? <laughs> I've got it open on my laptop right now. If you had to give a TED Talk on any, any topic about, about a field or a topic which you're not known, of, not known for, which, what would it be? Well, if we move completely away from technology, I'm very passionate about uh, mid-century children's literature. Why? Well, uh, well, it's just something I've been into for a long time. And, um, you know, I've, I've got a uh, sort of a collector's eye for that. And I'm, I'm very interested in how our perceptions of reality are shaped by the media we consume as children um, and, uh, you know, how that affects us in later life. One of the really interesting things I have on my shelf here is um, I, my wife is from Virginia. I spent part of my life living in Virginia. And I have a Virginia state history textbook for, I think, third to fifth graders from the early 1950s, which basically tells you that the Civil War was a, uh, you know, scam by Abraham Lincoln. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I think the word slavery is maybe mentioned once in this entire textbook. Right, which was written in the 1950s. And you go and look at the history behind this. And this was basically the state of Virginia deliberately writing their own alternate yeah, history yeah. so they wouldn't expose their children to, you know, it, it didn't just happen. This was a deliberate effort on behalf of some people who worked for the, the Virginia uh, State University system. Um, but I, to, then to encounter people who are 60, 70 years old today and look at their specific biases and prejudices and how they view the world, that is not understandable without understanding how they were taught in the Virginia public school system. Um, and if we, you know, get rid of or don't look at the literature and the textbooks and things that were being written at that time, it, it feels inc incomprehensible to us as, as, you know, yours and my generation. So I'm very passionate about that. I'm very anti-censorship for that reason. And I guess if I had to give a TED talk, it would be uh, around around that topic. I relate to this on a, because I was born and raised in Singapore and we were invaded by the Japanese in uh, during World War II. Mm. And the Japanese has, has a long history of trying to rewrite their textbooks to decrease the, the emphasis on their involvement or their uh, what they did during during World War II. So yeah, it, it, it's very much a tool for propaganda. But at the same time, I struggle with people deciding, taking on the mantle of like, I decide what truth is. On, on some level, someone has to <laughs> to teach children, but like, uh, but like, you know, it's just your perspective and who says you're right, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah. I. Right. We could get into a whole conversation about subjective versus objective reality, but that's probably a little far beyond the bounds of career chats, I, know, I think, Sean. To, to tie it back a little bit to, towards the end, uh, you you wrote a book recently, The Read Aloud Cloud. I don't know if it's a children's book or not, because like this is about the cloud, which like kids don't really, you know, like what, what got you started on that? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. The fact that you don't know if it's a children's book or not is probably an indication that, uh, you know, a little bit more thought could have been given to exactly how to position this. But the, the, the book is called The Read Aloud Cloud, subtitled An Innocence Guide to the Tech Inside. Um, but I think innocence can, can come at any age. Uh, and so really what this is designed to be is a way to finally explain to your non-technical friends and family, whether they are your children, people do give it to their children, it's appropriate for that, or whether you give it to your aunt and uncle or your you know wife or husband or your grandparents or whoever that has never seemed to be able to understand what it is you do, what this technical role, this cloud role is that you have. Because let's be real, it's not that the cloud is so confusing or, or weird. I mean, I, I know doctors and scientists whose jobs are a lot harder and stranger than mine. It's just everybody has some intuitive understanding of why a doctor exists or why a scientist exists. We don't have any mental model for what a cloud architect builds or why that's important, how it impacts the world. And that's what this book is designed to do. It's designed to provide some concrete 
uh, or at least some some visual abstractions that you can use to help understand that. So it's fully illustrated. It's got more than 100 full-page cartoon drawings by me. Um, it's partially written in rhyme. It's also got some uh, essays at the ends of the chapters that tie things together. And it covers, in hopefully a very light and just easy-to-read, easy-to-consume format, everything from the history of cloud from mainframes to the present day. It talks about uh, what I call the magic of cloud, like elasticity and autoscaling and why that's important, why it's game-changing. talks about privacy and security, things that you probably would really like your family to know about before they start making fools of themselves online. Uh, and uh, has a look into the future as well with things like serverless and, and artificial intelligence. I will say the feedback I've gotten from non-technical people that have read this has been, and particularly my family and friends, has been maybe they don't fully understand the cloud after reading it, but for the first time and probably ever, they're asking me the right questions, right? They're no longer asking, uh, you know, uh, why is my data up in the sky? You know, they're, they're asking better questions than that. So that alone is encouraging. Um, it's available wherever, you know, books are sold. You can find it at Barnes & Noble. You can find it on this website I've heard of that sells books. I forget the name of it right now. Um, but, uh... When I joined AWS, I, I had that moment of like, oh, my mom, had, I had explained cloud to your mom, like literally my mom. And I couldn't, <laughs> I don't think I had, a, I did a very good job. So uh, that having, having the read aloud cloud probably would, would have helped a lot. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. A great, great Christmas gift. If uh, you're looking for, for something to uh, take home to your family. Thanks so much for, for joining me on, on, on this, on this weird little podcast thing, but uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure to chat with you. Your resume challenge is a, is a inspiration. I'm super happy that you started the newsletter on Substack and, and uh, you know, you, you've had some early hits already with the, with the multi-cloud thing. Yeah. I'm, just ex excited for more people to discover you and for more people to to join in this cloud journey. Awesome. Well, listen, Sean, I'm a big fan of your writing and of the podcast. Uh, best of luck to you and look forward to seeing uh, what comes next.